You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> this is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody, to the Next Level Podcast. Hey, man, let me tell you something. We got a superstar on here today. That's right, I said it. He's amazing. And uh, this cat is something else. He loves Jesus. He's uh, conservative. He's so mega talented, him and his family. We are just really proud and honored to have John Cooper on here from Skillet. And uh, John, good morning and welcome to the Next Level Podcast, brother. Well, what is up? That's the best intro I've ever had. Thanks, Thanks very much. <laughs> I now got to live up to that. I don't know if I can. Well, it's uh, early. <laughs> come on, man. I haven't even started. Listen, I, I started downloading your bio, man. I think I ran out of ink and paper, bro. I mean, the, the stuff that you guys have done here, you guys are Grammy-nominated rocker. Uh, you've got like 5.5 million downloads on Spotify, man, a month. No Christian rocker has ever done that. And what, what you've done is just incredible. And the, the main thing I think is really cool here is this new book you got coming out called Awake and Alive to Truth that's coming out this Black Friday. Yes? You got it. Yeah, we're, we're, let's see, actually, we had to change it. Unfortunately, it ships December 4. So, so we're, we're less than two weeks away now. I'm very excited. Well, that's good because this this airs a week from. Let me see, what's today? Is today Monday? A week from tomorrow. So you know, we only have Perfect. about seven million downloads on this. So maybe we can get a trailer <laughs> two on on for you, John. Well, that sounds good to me, man. Come on, baby. Hey, blessings, man. It's good. Hey, all right. So I want to talk to you a little bit about. I I got. I know that you've got a classical musical upbringing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so how do you go from a classic musical background to, man, like heavy metal for Jesus, bro? I want to know how that happened. You know, it's kind of a funny story, actually. And, and uh, I was raised in Memphis, Tennessee, Bible Belt. My mom was a Jesus fanatic, okay? <laughs> Jesus fanatic, which I love. My mom taught me about the Bible ever since I was a kid. But it was very legalistic. You know, it, it, I should say very legalistic, but quite different than I am now. And so I wasn't allowed to listen to anything but church music. My mom was a piano teacher and a voice teacher and a flute teacher. And, and, and I'm proud to say I never took flute, but I did take voice and piano. But when I was five years old, man, I heard a song that, that just like floored me. It was called Beat It from Michael Jackson. Come on. I mean, come on right? And I was at my friend's house. My friend was like, you got to hear this. And he had this thing called MTV. <laughs> back when uh when mtv played music anyway and so i came home and i was like mom i learned a new song today and and i started singing beat it to my mom no one wants to be defeated <laughs> and my mom gave me the most holy butt whooping of all butt whoopings uh for singing the devil's music so, uh, yeah i didn't know i didn't know anything about that i didn't realize that mtv was like the worst thing the devil ever created. And, uh, but anyway, it's kind of long story short, I always loved music. And when I got a little older, I just fell in love with rock music and uh, music, something that was always, I was always passionate about. And so I won't waste your time with the whole story, but it's actually quite funny that I do what I do now with growing up in a family that really loved the word of God, 
but what, what, what was not into me like wearing black or uh, having, this, <laughs> having this giant beard probably wouldn't have been a good thing. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's all, I just, it's really cool to see, you know, cause you've got, you've been trained in the classical music and you've got such expertise and you're talented and gifted. And then all of a sudden the Holy spirit drops on you this, you know, this Michael Jackson number, man. And it just changes everything, <laughs> which, which is, I think it's cool because, you, you're reaching an audience out there that, listen, CCM just doesn't get to, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what I hope anyway. Yeah. I mean, yes. And, and music, as we know, music touches people. I mean, it's, when I was growing up, music was, music was life, you know? It was like, you could go into a cafeteria at a high school. And you, you could know what music people listened to by what table they were sitting at, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, there's the people that, that like rock. There's the people that like pop. There's the people that like urban music. I mean, it was all, it was all like that. It identified you. And I, I just always thought this is such a great way to write about something you believe. It's such a great way to share Christ to people that don't want to go to church. And I've always had a heart for those people, people that feel yep. misunderstood, that feel marginalized or feel ugly or don't want to tell people what they're going through. Music is a great, in my opinion, a great vehicle for that. And we've had amazing testimonies. People I've talked to that said, I felt like no one understood me, but your music. And through that music, God began to heal people and touch people and draw people to himself. And that's, yeah. to me, that's what it was all about, you know? Yeah, that's really cool, John. I love that. And it is what it's all about. It's really, you know, uh, you know, everybody has a different personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? And so everybody's different. And so it, whatever it is that, that, that brings you and connects you to that it is really, it's just, it, it's, it's powerful. It's the Great Commission. And I just love the, how you guys are showing up in that, in that genre like nobody else and just killing it, man. You guys are just killing <laughs> oh, it. Nice. Hey, all right. So I, your family's amazing to me. You know, so Corey, your wife, she's, she's a guitarist. Yes, yeah, she's in the band. Yeah. So, and then you've got two children, yeah, a boy and a girl, and you guys homeschool. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. My, my daughter actually graduated. She was in that COVID class that graduated high school. So where, where they uh, stand up and watch the TV and as they walk across the stage. <laughs> so she graduated high school. Uh, my son is 15 and wow. uh, obviously still in school. So yeah, you know, we had a crazy story in that my wife and I are on the road I never dreamt the skillet would last this long. We, we thought it would be a <laughs> serious thought. Nobody's going to buy this music for very long. So I kind of thought, yeah, well, we're, we were married. We'll do skillet for a few years until God calls us off the road. I always imagined myself working in a church, like as a youth leader, you know, mm -hmm. or helping young people in some kind of a way. And uh, at that point, we'll have kids. And Skillet just kept going, man. It just kept going. I kept praying, Lord, is it time to quit? But we, we kept feeling God say, no, you're supposed to keep doing music. And I thought, really? Well, then I started feeling from the Lord, it's time for us to have kids. But we always said we wouldn't have kids on the road. And I was like, but I feel like God's saying it. And if God says it, then he will give you the grace to do what he calls you to do, right? And so we prayed about it and uh, we decided to have kids on the road. So We've been really lucky. I mean, well, I shouldn't say lucky, blessed. It, sometimes I do, I do mainstream interviews and I, and I say lucky because they don't know what blessed means. Anyway, uh, I've been very blessed to be on the road and have my, my kids. And we, we've just grown up in this situation where we get to train our kids on what it means to live for Jesus 
around all sorts of people. And since we tour with a lot of secular bands, sometimes pagan, like pagans, sometimes people that hate Jesus, but we toured that and it's just given this amazing ministry opportunity for the family. So very blessed, very thankful for what God's done in my family. So cool, John. I love that. I love, you know, look, you know, there's so many out there in, you know, in the Christian, you know, genre and music, you know, that's only in churches that, that, that which is great. And it's awesome. We, we have yeah. a lot of artists. We have a lot of people worship, uh, listen to this podcast and, but you got to go where the people are, right. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, you've got to get out there in, in, in the marketplace, so to speak. And I think what you guys are doing is really cool. So, and, 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 you know, getting into the secular world and people that hate Jesus, great. They need to hear this. They need to see a hard metal <laughs> rock and roll band glorifying the Lord. I mean, Absolutely. I just think that's B.A. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Oh, All right. So uh, what has been the key to Skillet's longevity in this industry? You said that, you know, you didn't realize it would last this long. It's kind of like, you know, if I knew this pandemic was going to last this long, I'd have brought more money, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it brought so, more everything everything uh, right yeah, exactly. yeah, more, more peanut butter and uh whatever else yeah so, i mean wh- what's your secret well we have a lot a lot of secrets i'll i'll, I'll drop a whole bunch of them on you guys in case <laughs> people listening that, that maybe want to do music or maybe want to do a family and mute whatever i don't know who's listening but i'm gonna give you a lot of things number one i would say this a lot of christian I don't mean this to be harsh. I mean it to be um, hopefully encouraging or challenging. A lot of Christian musicians don't have a church, like a local family, that, uh, a church family. They don't have a local body, whatever, you, whatever your language is for that. They, they go, I'm going to do ministry, but they're doing it apart from the body of Christ in a certain way. And I've just seen those bands not last. I've seen a lot of them, frankly, if I may, fall into sin. I've seen some of them go completely apostate, like not even into Jesus anymore. I've seen some go apostate and then attack the church, the very people (laughs) that love them. And then I've seen some people fall away from Christ after not living out the word of God and then blame God for all their problems. I've seen people get on the road, brothers, brothers that I loved cheat on their wives. I've seen wives get on the road, cheat on their husbands. It's, it's, it's real. And yep. one of the things that I always encourage people, if you're, if you're a believer and you want to go do ministry for God, do not do it apart from the body of Christ because Good. we all need each other. And, you know, and that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. We are a part of a family. So I think that that's been very important for us. We are blessed. We got a a church that sees us as an extension, almost like missionary work, if you will. And that has made a huge difference. Okay. Another thing that's made a big difference for us is having people that are of like mind. And I know it's difficult. You're starting a band. You got to find somebody that is good (laughs) at their instrument, but you got to find somebody that you can be on the road with. And frankly, it's almost more important to have somebody you like being on the road with. There's a lot of good musicians there's not a lot of nice people. So Hello. true, man. <laughs> so true. I so, mean, you yeah, know, that's so what I hear you saying, John, is really good. And, and listeners, this is platinum nuggets right here, which, what John's blessing us with. Because, you know, chemistry is so important, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's how we meet our, our, our wives, our husbands, and, and we, we hang out with our friends and our pastors. And these people are really, if, if there's not a chemistry there, it's not going to work or it's going to be short-lived. And, or if you're forcing it to because of the money, 
which I get, but then it's misery, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, cause like, all right, so let me, let me, what, what you're saying is so good because you know, you've got to have that, you've got to have that connection. Like you said, it's almost like a, you're like missionaries being sent out weekly. Mm. Uh, and so you still have that connection to that body, right? Yeah. And that you, you can be poured into, you can be fed and you can, you know, whatever's going on, you can always come back there and, and get that grounding. That's so good, John. Absolutely. Uh, and so, all right, so I want to jump because you've got three of your band members are all from Kenosha. Is that right? Right, yeah. All right, and so with that, and you've grown up in Kenosha. Yeah, I will actually, all right, I'm actually from Memphis, but okay, my wife that's right. grew up in Kenosha, and I married into Kenosha, so I've lived here for 20 years. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm, that's awesome. I'm basically right. Ethan at this point. So I love it. So, you know, I, I really got turned, you know, really got introduced to you in a big way uh, recently here, like a month or so ago, a little bit over a month ago. I'm sitting here in the early morning, as I always do, drink my coffee, watch my right wing TV. And here you come up on Fox and Friends with Pete. <laughs> And, you know, Kenosha just is going through a hard time and, uh, you know, you're a resident there and man, I just love the way you were just all out for Jesus and praying for these people and praying for your enemies. And, you know, talking about your AR 15, I just love the way you were bold in Christ in that moment on national television. So, <laughs> yeah, I just thought, man, I said, so I, I texted my publicist. I said, man, I got to find this cat. This guy is, <laughs> this guy is so cool. So, you know, that was really incredible. So, and I know you love your, your community and I know that, you know, that a lot of stuff was going on, man. So, so how are things in Kenosha now and how was that transition period and how was that, that maybe a week from hell for you guys? It was really strange. I mean, well, let me start with this. Things are, are fine now. Um, thankfully there hasn't been any more violence, no more, you know, buildings burning, everything really cooled off quickly after they sent the national guard in. It was actually pretty insane how quickly how quickly it got into those people came in and did, did their job. Business. yeah 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 <laughs> for sure so you know i think the reason i was so vocal about it is that and i know we're going to talk about my book as well but just say the reason i wrote the book is the same reason i got vocal about what was happening in kenosha it's the fact that we have gotten so far off from the foundational things that we used to believe i mean it's the same thing happening in Christianity that is happening, I think, in, in, in government in general, in family life in general, in, in marriages in general. It's all kind of the same thing, which is that we don't believe in truth anymore. We, we just got away from foundations and we go on a day-to-day -day basis about how we feel. And that's how I felt about Kenosha, which was like, wait a minute, three blocks that way, literally three blocks that way, they, we have set the entire downtown on fire and People are marching by my house, ready to do violence. And when I called it out, before I was on Fox, I called it out on, on something I did. I had Christian people explain to me that that is my privilege to not hmm. want my, you know, kids to, to be in danger, <laughs> that that's my privilege. And I thought, you, you're a Christian, you've lost your, you've lost your freaking mind. <laughs> you, you've true. forgotten what it actually means to be the people of God. And, and you, you can't just be like, justice doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so now it's now justice doesn't matter. You've forgotten what the role of government actually is. And this is this is the thing that happens. So now you have a bunch of Christians saying the role of government is is to do this and for the poor and the oppressed and welfare. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, no, 
that's not the role of government according to the Bible. The role of government is to keep people safe Come on. and to be an agent of wrath against the evildoer according to Romans. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to get on and say it. You can't just start threatening people's lives based on some people that haven't done anything to you. And, and that's, that's right. That's what really upset me. It wasn't, wasn't even that I was mad at those people. I'm mad at, at I, I, I'm mad at the people that have forgotten all about foundational everything. Like we yeah. just don't believe in truth at all anymore. And well, that was really frustrating. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just love the way you're passionate about it. And you just, and you, you spoke about Jesus, you know, and yeah. I just love that because I've seen, you know, I've seen prominent people get on TV and never drop Jesus. Right. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They, they talk about, they'll just say God, but they don't say Jesus Christ. And I just, I love the fact that you just went out there and did it. And, you know, you know, uh, Franklin Graham, same way. I mean, yep. he's just all, he's all in for Jesus. There's no apologetics on there. And I just, <laughs> I just love that. And so you just really, man, you captivated my heart on that interview. Mm. It was really, it was, it was really cool. And I loved it. And uh, you're just very impressive in that. And I just, I like the way your, your stand is biblical, John, and you're powerful in that. And it's no nonsense, man. I mean, it, it, you know, this is what it is, you know, right. Rocks are hard, water's wet. And, you know, Jesus is King. And this is the, what the Bible says about, you know, standing up, and and protecting one another and making sure that you know the government is there to protect the in that situation so yeah which is cool man that's great you know i think one of the things that i think we need more of and and this has kind of become my mission in the last four years what we really need more of is like straight talk you know because people are so confused and and i think this is what happened with me and the reason i actually had started writing this book around 2012 is when I was like, what is happening in society? <laughs> it feels like the entire world changed and no one let me know about it. And <laughs> I'm confused. And I started seeing it was in the church. It was outside. Yeah. It was everywhere. And every time I would, I would begin to look for answers, I would just find that people would always give me flowery answers. They, they wouldn't give me an actual answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was always like, you'd be like, Hey, what does the Bible say about X, Y, or Z? And people, and, and they would be like, well, I think it's important that we remember. And by the end, I'm like, so what's the answer? What, how do we, how do we not sin? Tell me what to do. And right. so it really began frustrating me. And, and I began kind of a journey from 2012 to 2015. And I'm, I'm going to make fun of myself a little bit here. Cause I'm, I'm a little slow on the take. No, you're not. I guarantee you, I must have read 200 books. I was reading uh, theology, but I was really diving into like, like economics and culture, philosophy, politics, trying to find out what was going on. And at the end of 2015, literally, I better read 200 books. I said to my wife, put a book down. And I said to my wife, I finally figured out what's wrong. And she's like, what? And I said, we are now a, a post-truth society. I, I remember studying postmodernism in college, but mm-hmm. I never knew anybody would believe postmodernism. Like nobody would ever believe that. Like we just, we live in the matrix. Like maybe this isn't even real, you know? And <laughs> that's what's happening. We actually don't believe that yeah. there is such a thing as truth. And that is the reason we have the, you know, your truth and my truth and her truth and, that is the reason it's so messed up and it has eked its way into the church as well. And, and that is why we have all the relativism within Christianity. And so that's why I decided to write a book about it because so many people are confused and we need to tell them that there's only one way to truth. 
the reason you're so confused is because the world's full of chaos. So you have no foundation. And that's kind of why I started writing the book. You know what I love is, is John, you're, you're amazing. You're really an oddball because you're smart. You're genius. You've got this background. You've got academia and you're a metal rocker for Jesus. I mean, that is <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's just, it's really, really cool. All right. So tell me how long did it take you to write this book, Awake and Alive to Truth? How long did it take? It probably took me about a year and I wow. wrote it in probably like 13 countries because we, we were traveling. So we were in Russia and we were in Europe and, uh, and wow. tons uh, all through Europe. But I just had this thing burning in me. And um, I was like, I got to finish it. And, and maybe if I could say this, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but we're going to have some real talk. <laughs> come on. This book would have come out a year ago had a publisher wanted to publish it. And the truth is, is that... Um, let me say something that's going to sound like bragging, but you'll see that it's not. I had probably seven different publishers when I contacted say, wow. we really want to do a book with you. We like you. We like your platform. We like your voice, blah, blah, blah. We really want to do a book. And I said, great. I'll send you the first couple chapters. <laughs> and every one of them was like, uh, we don't like this at all. <laughs> we really want to do a book with you. Just not this book. And, you know, I kept praying about it and I just felt like I could do a book that they wanted me to. And I'm not being rude to anybody that they're probably right. I think maybe what they would want me to do would be more of a book of what I would call like Christian self-help. It would be a book that's like, you're good enough and God makes you strong. You can, you can face anything because that's what a lot of skillless music is about. But I just didn't feel right about it because if there's anything that we need now, it's no more Christian self-help. We need Jesus help. All right? We need Bible help. Come and on. I just thought, I don't feel good about this. We, I think the reason that they don't want to write this, maybe it won't sell, but I, I think that it's a little too honest to be, to, to be 100% honest with you guys. <laughs> I think it was a little too honest because this, this book says there's two ways you can try to find truth. One leads to life. The other leads to death. And Jesus Christ is the only way. And so that's one of the catchphrases for the book is that uh, Jesus is the truth. If that sounds exclusive, it's because it is. That's right. That's, it. that's exactly it's right. It's exclusive. <laughs> what I love well, is so true. And what, you know, that is a bold statement, but it's a simple statement. It's the fact. And, you know, and, and, it, and it is exclusive, but it's very inclusive for anybody who wants to come to that place. Ooh, yeah. Now that's, that's exactly what the Bible says, right? <laughs> no one is too far. No one is messed up too much. I don't care what you've done in your life. Nobody is too far for the grace of God. And, and, and that, is, that is it. It doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you got, color of your that's skin. Right. That's right. It is extremely diverse because that's how God wants it, right? Every yeah. tongue, every tribe, but there's only one way and that is through the cross of Christ. I, that's I love right. that. You're right. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, I think in Matthew, he says, uh, Jesus says, uh, if you deny me in front of your peers, I'll deny you in front of the father. Mm -hmm. And when I remember I heard that when I first came to Jesus, because I was still, you know, not telling everybody because I was older, you know, right. and I thought, okay, this isn't going to happen anymore. <laughs> so I had the, I had the old Harry Potter lightning bolt across my forehead and I was out there and I started telling everybody that Jesus Christ is my Lord and savior. Woo. Hey, 
I was obnoxious about it, you know, yeah. but that's all right. You know, that's, that's exactly what you, you know, that's, that's what the Bible calls for. Right? Absolutely. That's and exactly I just, right. But I, I love this. So, all right. So, you know, you're out there doing this, you're on this tour, you're writing this book. Uh, you know, I wrote a book uh, a long time ago. I mean, look, you know, I'm, you know, I, I didn't sell any records, so I couldn't find a publisher with a search warrant, but uh, you know, uh, but I did write a book. Now my second one's a little bit different, but with you're out there doing this writing and did you do the editing? Did you have an editor help you in that process? Cause I know that for me, that was the most difficult thing was the editing. I did. Yeah. I, I just decided to hire an editor on my own. So I, I self published it and I was thinking, fine, it won't cost that much money. But I was like, you know what? <laughs> uh, not only am I horrible at grammar, I ain't too good at grammar. Um, not, I hear you, bro. I not get only it. that, but it, it did get like, okay, I think I need somebody to make sure this is flowing because in my mind, the book made sense, but it, but it was kind of like 10, 10 different chapters, but mm -hmm. I knew that it made sense to me. And I just wanted to make sure it was flowing. So I did hire somebody to help me and he totally good. got it. He's like, oh yeah, these things do go together. And he's like, I think I can help help shift some things around with you. And, but the reason is, is because what I wanted to do in the book, because it's called Awake and Alive to Truth. What I wanted to do in the book is talk a little bit about my testimony, how I came to Christ, but also I, I want to bring a little bit of modern philosophy into it. Why are things so confusing? So I do talk about postmodernism, relativism. We talk a little bit like identity politics, at how critical race theory, how all these things are infused so good. into the reason we are just so flabbergasted. And so, and so I bring that into it so that people can understand that, uh, I, I won't get too into it right now, but for instance, there's an idea we hear it. If you watch politics or if you watch anybody on TV, you'll hear this idea that no one can know what I have personally experienced except for me. Therefore, it gives me uh, access to truth mm. that you can't possibly have, right? And, and also, my identity group gives me access to truth that only men can understand, or only white people can understand, or only black people, or whatever those identity groups right. are. It gives you access to truth. That is the idea that we hear in everything. And that's why we'd say, well, uh, she shared her truth. Remember that in the Brett Kavanaugh hearings? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. she shared her truth. That's right. Therefore, it must be true because she said so, because she's a part of an identity group that has been abused in the past. You know, that's the idea from the patriarchy, right? That's right. So you have to understand those philosophies to understand how that is affecting Christianity. And you have to break down those philosophies to say, well, if that's true, then Jesus Christ cannot be the wonderful counselor because he can't know what a woman has been through or he doesn't know what a, uh, you know, whatever wow. different identity group. He doesn't know what wow. they've been through. So you have to break it all down on the philosophy That's to awesome. then talk about the authority of scripture. And so then we go through the authority of scripture and then we go through because the next logical thing that people say is, yeah, but I know in my heart what is true. And so then you have to go through original sin. No, you don't know in your heart what's true. If you follow your emotions, it will follow you. you will, it will lead you to destruction. You don't That's make right. good decisions, and none of us do. That's so right. it goes through all of those things. So I think it's quite, 
I laugh. Wow. I, t- I tell people it's theology for dummies. You know, you, <laughs> you, you might not be able to make it through a, a, a John Calvin book, but you can make it through this. Uh, you know, my kids can understand it. So it's quite evangelistic, but it's also quite theological in a really simple way for today. So that, that's kind of what I'm excited about. Man, I think that's awesome. I think it's timing is so perfect. You know, God's timing is always perfect. Mm. And uh, I know, you know, getting this stuff out, you know, you, in the real world experience, you know, you, you know, have delays and people have things go on and, mm. you know, which is part of, part of, you know, life. But when this comes out, I think it's going to be a huge, huge impact in the kingdom world and kingdom business and just people that are, that are in, in that and maybe they have to take off their old set of glasses and look at life through mm. a different set of glasses, kind of a paradigm shift, if you will. So some mm. people, it may offend. Yes. I think that that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I would think so because it's very clear about, about what's what and the things that it seems like in Christianity, even in a lot of churches, the things we're scared to talk about hell and eternal punishment and what love actually is. Love isn't what our culture is telling us. Love is something different than that. And so, yeah, I do think it will. I hope that it helps a lot of maybe people that that are in church and they believe in Christ, but maybe they don't quite understand their faith. You know, I'm not saying they're not born again, but they might not really understand what they're born again into. And that's a scary place to be, because if you don't understand what you're born into, the enemy is going to, he is going, he wants to render you ineffective, ineffective for the gospel. And he wants to render you ineffective in waging war against your own flesh. And so those people, I just feel, oh, you're such a dangerous place. You got to get rooted into the word and then you'll be unshakable. Not unshakable because you're awesome, like self-love keeps telling us. Not unshakable because <laughs> you're enough. You're not enough, but Christ is enough. Woo, hallelujah. There you go. Start preaching Bring now, it, baby. brother. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so, all right. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, I'm really getting excited, man, hearing you speak your heart about this book, John. I mean, I really, I'm getting excited to hear about, to read it. Uh, so are you going to be on a tour? I'm promoting this. What What's your schedule like in December? I mean, you're coming out at a good time. You know, this is going to be a good stocking stuffer, I guess, or something under the tree or <laughs> yeah. handing out out there to give to people. Uh, and so are you going to be out promoting? What What's your schedule like here for, you know, and, and, you know, look, we got this vaccine out, just another one that was announced. We've got like, Three vaccines are coming in, in, in waves now. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, maybe we 2021, you know, you know, is going to come back, you know, and, and be stronger than ever, which I believe it will be. And so this is going to be an exciting time for you coming out on this. So do you have a, a little bit of a schedule going or wh- where can people look to see you at? Okay, let's see. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, no, for, I'm kind of joking, but for now, I'm not doing like a tour, you know, like a book tour or anything like that. Right. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm not open to that. If I could have my cake and eat it, 2021, we would start touring again, start playing some music again. My gosh. Come on. And, um, and, I, and I hope that's the case, but I am looking for opportunities to, to speak to, to whatever. And, and the only things I've done so far, uh, I've really enjoyed. I, I, I drove uh, last week to, to the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. It, <laughs> it is the longest story, which I won't, but I got, I got a message from some youth worker. He's like, 
we got about 80 people at this church. Do you want to come? 6,000 people in the whole city. And, and I drove in and I, I just spoke and he's like, I can't believe you did this. I said, well, you can't ask good. God for opportunities and then say no, no matter how small they are or, or big, I love are, that. whatever it is. You can't That's say awesome. no to the Lord, right? Yes. So Amen. I, I am open to that. Um, but if people want to know, first of all, where to get the book, the only place you can get the book right mm-hmm. now is my website. Okay. And it is johnlcooper.com slash awake johnlcooper.com slash awake other things i've been busy doing and people want to follow me um i do a podcast once a week it's called cooper stuff podcast that's what this picture behind me is that's a that's a cool picture by the way it's pretty pretty (laughs) frightening um (laughs) uh, cooper stuff podcast and you can find that on on your apple podcast spotify youtube come on man and um i think that that uh, John L. Cooper is, is my tag on Instagram. Those are good places to find. That's it. awesome. That's good. Good. Cause I want to get this. I listen, listeners, you got to get this book, man. You guys got to get on here, <laughs> get on this website and order this book, uh, for your friends, for your frenemies, for your family, <laughs> for, your, for, your, for your pastors, for your, for your, your family. I mean, I think it's going to be a great book. It's called awake and alive to truth. My, this is something, this is so needed, John. I'm just, I'm excited about it, man. And so, all right, you got this thing coming out. Now, one of the questions here I've got, cause I, I, I put out there on my uh, Instagram that I'm interviewing John Cooper. It's like, <laughs> man, everybody, oh my gosh, John, they have a thousand questions. So I, I scrolled through about uh, 50 questions. And so one of them was really good. And I just want to ask you this, cause I think it's, you're just, you're so cool in this world, uh, in, in the genre you're in. What have been some of the challenges of maintaining Christian faith amidst the mainstream success? Mm. Yeah, I mean, let me think. What are my challenges? Challenges, challenges. <laughs> um, yeah, well, let me say this. Let me tell you how I've avoided a couple of challenges, only because yeah. I think they'll help people, maybe, I hope. I mentioned earlier about being in a church. Mm-hmm. And I also mentioned earlier about making sure the people around you are of like mind. And I say that because sometimes it's easy to, to not have people around you that are of like mind because let's face it, it's hard to find people like that. They got to be a good musician. They have to live for Jesus. You have to be somebody you can hang out with. They have to look cool playing a guitar. It's, it's hard work, right? Yeah, right. But, you know, it makes such a big difference because if not, then you don't have people to go into battle with you. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that every day as a Christian, every single day, we are in a spiritual battle. I mean, every day. And the enemy wants to hurt you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And he wants to come into your house, like the Bible says, and plunder your goods. That's the language of the Bible. He wants to steal stuff from you. And so, you know, I think it's important for people to realize that there is a battle and you get on the road and all the pride, you know, all those things that are there for the taking, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're on a stage, pride is at the door. Okay. So I will say that that has really safeguarded me to have people of like minds. I'm, I'm really, really thankful for that. Challenges for me have been things like this. Um, trusting God with your career. And, mm. and, and that's something I think everybody can relate to, no matter what yeah. your job is. But 
I, I'm very driven and, and I'm very competitive and, and I get like, I got to write the best song the world's ever heard. And, and if it, do, <laughs> if it doesn't do good, that means I'm a failure. You know, that's the way I, I think in my brain. If it, mm. if it doesn't sell as good as the last record, then I failed. Um, and, or that it's, uh, that I'm no good and that I need to do something else. How am I going to take care of my family? This, and the other. Mm -hmm. I think that that again is really an issue uh, of, of a misunderstanding of scripture. It's a misunderstanding of that there is a God who has already planned the future. The future is already set. It's all and, done. Yeah, it's done. And he has what we know is good gifts for us because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the father of, of lights, the Bible says. We know he has good gifts and we know that everything is going to work together for the good of me and those who love Christ according to his purposes. So Romans, yeah. the future is, is, is set and you, all you have to do to please the Lord, obviously you work hard and you honor God and you walk into it. So it took me a while to understand that and to rest in that. But I always mm. want to tell people, if you're starting a band, if you're doing art, whatever it is, it doesn't mean that because it's successful, doesn't mean it's good art. And if it's unsuccessful, does it mean it's bad art? All you can do is do your best to glorify God, work hard, give honor Good. to God. And I believe that, that your ways will be blessed. But I mean, that's what it means to walk yeah. with the Lord, right? So I think yeah. that, that was my biggest challenge. I would say it wasn't the pride thing. It wasn't sex, drugs, rock and roll. I didn't care about that stuff. Right. It was about right. trusting God. Awesome. Yeah, because, you know, you know, a lot of times people get into this big fear, right? Fear of failure, fear of losing, fear of FOMO. I mean, with these millennials yeah. and Benzers, my goodness. I, I didn't know what FOMO was, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I'm saying, hey, listen, stop thinking like an atheist, bro. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. It comes from you. Stop come on, brother. Like I mean, it's true. you know, listen, if we, if we trust God as God and, and Jesus is who he says he is and he left us as companion Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're going to have challenges. Yeah, you're going to be challenged. Yeah, that's right. You will be because, you know, yes. we live in a, a fallen world. But if you believe that God is your is God is who he says he is and you buy that you you're in, then what are you worried about? Yes, I think that is fantastic. So if anybody listens to my podcast next week, I'm going to be like, stop thinking like an atheist. And people will be like, John, you're so smart. And I'll be like, I made that up. I made that up. <laughs> Come on, brother. Hey, listen, everybody, you guys got to check out this podcast. I am. You should see his, his logo for his podcast, man. And I mean, it is killer diller, man. Uh, <laughs> Cooper Stuff Podcast. Let's check it out for him. And let's support uh, John here. And, and hey, listeners, get out there. Get on John L. Cooper slash. Let's see. John L. Cooper dot com slash awake. Come on. <laughs> and we'll put this in our, our, our show notes as well. Let's see if we can't oh, break you. his computer, his website, buying so many of his books coming out here <laughs> and, and handing them out. What a perfect timing. So December 4th, this thing drops. Yeah, I'm so very, very excited about it. Well, you know how it is. And it's like, it's a lot of work, work writing a book. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever said. I don't know why. Just, I've been on the road. I've made records. I'll write the book while I'm on the road. It'll be fine. And the research, of course, took a long time. And I remember yeah. thinking, that was really hard, but now it's over. And then the editing process started. Uh. And then you're like, oh, wow, that took a lot of work, too. And it just feels like <laughs> every little thing. But, you know, you want, you want to have it right. But so sure. it was a lot of work, but I, I am uh, very excited. I, I'm quite excited because um, I know a lot of people 
that, uh, like I said, that they, they don't want to read those really big theology books. Now I get it. Yeah. No, man, those get. <laughs> but myself, but, but I did it when I was a kid. I mean, I, I couldn't sit hardly through Narnia, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. When I finished the Chronicles of Narnia, I felt like I, I felt like I must be Einstein or something. It took me years. I was like, mom, I finished one book, <laughs> you know, my ADD kicking, but no, I, I, get it. You know, I do think it'd be good. We got to train up these, these kids. So uh, yeah, no, I'm we do. excited about that. Well, good. Well, I just think your message is powerful, man. I think you're, you're, you're the real deal. And I just, like I said, you know, I was captivated when I saw you on Fox and friends and, and just outspoken about your faith and about Jesus Christ. And, and I love, you know, your music is, is, is so in your face, Jesus. And I just think it's, it, it appeals to that genre out there that doesn't always hear about Jesus. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's awesome, man. I just see, see what you're doing. So, all right. So uh, now that you've written this book, you've read every book, you've written, you know, you've done Atlas Shrug, you've done, you know, you've done War and Peace, you've gone through all these things. All right. So, so what kind of book are you sitting on now, if any, or what, and what kind of scripture I ask all my, my podcast guests this, what kind of scripture are you sitting on right now too? Okay. Okay. Let's see. I have read some amazing books this year, but you know what I'm excited about? Is that you know when uh, whenever there's going to be a, a like a, a shift in culture, you know how there's always books that come out before that, right? You know, like yes. every time we trace back second wave feminism, you always go back to the feminine mystique, and you see right. that that the foundations were laid with great books. Man, in the last couple of months, there have been some doozies come out that I am really excited about. One of them was called um, it's by Ron Dreyer called "Live Not by Lies." It just came out. If you're into reading, it, uh, I think the little subtitles live not by lies, but the subtitle is called um, a manual for Christian dissidents. Wow. And it's cool. really good. It, it goes through, he interviews real stories of survivors from like communist Czechoslovakia and yeah. Cuba and in Russia, people that survived who are Christians and Catholic. And they explained this is what this is how it started. This is why we trusted the communists. This is what it began to look like when they began to put Catholics and Christians in prison. It's very important for the times we're in, and I really, really loved it. So check out that book. Cool. I, I read another fantastic book that I wish would have come out a year ago. Honestly, it would have saved all of us Christians a lot of heartache. But check it out. It is called um, Why Social Justice is not biblical justice really wow. really important because if there's anything i could say going on in the church that is very confusing right now it is the social justice the modern social justice movement in christianity is confusing a lot of people because it is right yeah because the yeah. goals feel like something we should that we should like but the intentions are actually not the same and and it there's a lot of really important things there, but I'll just, I'll say the one important thing, because I know I'm yakking. <laughs> no, you're doing great. The reason it's, it's so important is that Christians hear the social justice message, like help the poor, help the oppressed. And they're like, I want to do that too. But the difference is, is that Christians believe that we do that from charity. We believe that mm -hmm. the church is supposed to help the poor. The church is supposed to help the oppressed in the name of Christ. But we have faith in a, in a judgment to come. And a God who will judge all things rightly. He's the only right judge. Right. The modern social justice movement 
doesn't believe in a justice to come. It believes in a humanistic justice for now done by the masses and it changes every day and it is wrecking the church. So if you're interested in a book like that, I wish I had written it, but it's called um, why social justice isn't biblical justice. So I love that. Listen, man, I, th- th- this is listeners. These are, this is platinum nuggets. You're getting here, man. Check this stuff out. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. That, all right. What scripture are you sitting on right now? Okay. I've been reading Hosea and mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you what I love. The more I, I love the Old Testament way more than I did when I was young, you know. Now <laughs> you know how it goes. You get yeah. older and you read the Bible. You're like, right? Oh, light bulb. That's talking about Jesus. And I, reading Hosea, finding out that that this this bride, you right? You know that mm-hmm. the unfaithful bride. That's us, right? That is the people of God, and he. There's that great scripture. I can't. I can't remember the. It's in Hosea. I can't remember the. You know, chapter and verse. Okay, Hosea is like this big, so you can read yeah, it no, in like I ten minutes. It. Anyway, <laughs> um, but there's that great scripture about that, that um, where God is talking to us, and He says that you are discarded. You are like a baby thrown out, naked, screaming. No one cared about you, but I passed by. And I saw you and I chose you and I clothed you. And when I saw that you were old enough to love, I, I declared you, I declared my love for you. I declared my covenant to you and made you a bride. Mm. Woo, that is the gospel. Come so on, I've been man. reading that going, oh my gosh, mind blown. This is who we are. We are unfaithful to him. But when he saw that we were helpless, he chose us and made a covenant with us. And that's the so gospel good. message. Yeah. That's so good. All right. So uh, my last question is, cause you're such a, you're, you're such an outspoken conservative. And I love that about you. And you're, you stand in your faith and you stand in the Bible and you stand in the word. All right. So Dennis Prager, Candace Owen, uh, Ben Shapiro, which is your favorite? Oh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> and why? <laughs> Oh, I, I love Ben Shapiro. In fact, I just finished his book uh, this weekend. What's it called? Yeah. Um, How to Destroy How America to destroy Three Easy Steps. Yeah, right. I think Ben Shapiro's great. Um, you know what I like about Ben Shapiro is that he's just like, his memory is insane. He remembers like, he must remember everything he's ever read. <laughs> I and I just find him to be balanced, but he, he can just lay it out very, very yeah. simply about the, the, the philosophies behind the stuff. And, and I mm-hmm. think that that's pretty great. Um, yeah. I do like Dennis Prager as well. My, one of my biggest heroes is Thomas Sowell. If people know who Thomas Sowell is, cool. uh, I'm a huge, huge Thomas Sowell fan. It's awesome, man. It's good. Well, I just think, you know, with podcasts so prevalent, I listen to Ben Shapiro every day and, and you know, uh, I have to throw in Mark Levin every now and then if I have to hear somebody <laughs> yell at me. <laughs> but, but I just I just love the way you show up big time out there, John. You, you show up big. You show up for Jesus. You're bold in Christ. Your music is bold. And uh, I just it's really awesome. And, and look, Thank you. I know you're a busy man and I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. I just want to thank you here at McIntyre for coming on to the next level podcast, man. You're, you're right on, right on, right on. And we love the way you're standing in for Jesus. So thank you. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. uh, Let me chat about my book. Thanks everybody for watching. I appreciate it a ton. Absolutely. You guys, everybody go check out awake and alive to truth by John Cooper. going to be great. Buy it. Go to the website. Check it out in the show notes. So thank you, everybody, and have a great week. God bless.
Hey, friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.